Hey everyone, welcome to the Now It's Dark Movie Podcast. This is Mike. And this is Tim. Tim and I have had 10 days to think over the 22nd Busan International Film Festival that concluded on October 21st, and we're here to give you our thoughts. The Busan International Film Festival, or BIF, is the largest film festival in Asia, largely used to highlight and expose independent Korean films. It is, however, an international fair with movies from the U.S., India, France, Italy, as well as movies from countries like Cambodia, Thailand, Nepal, Sri Lanka. Uh, just, I, I believe there's 71 countries represented, almost 300 films. So we want to share with you our top five favorite films from this past Biff. All right. Well, I'll start off. Uh, my number five was Poppy Goes to Hollywood Redux by Sok Fusel. It's a Cambodian film about a guy who witnesses a murder and has to kind of go into hiding. But he ends up going into hiding with his transgender sister and her transgender friends. And they go into the country into a uh, club called Hollywood. Um, a great film, a very interesting uh, kind of throwback aesthetic to it, um, and a rare film from Cambodia that deals with these sorts of issues. This was a really interesting film. It kind of had a throwback aesthetic, kind of a 90s feel to it, and it kind of dealt with issues in Cambodia, discrimination against transgender and gay people. Um, so, you know, an interesting film, a timely film, but also just kind of a, a really lighthearted take on these subjects. Um, also a really cool soundtrack of throwback Cambodian pop songs. And for my number five, I'm going to go with A Taxi Driver. This is one of the most famous and most popular Korean movies of this year. I felt very grateful that I could see it at Biff this year because I missed it, obviously, when it was out in theaters earlier this year. Um, just a really great movie about the democratic uprising in Gwangju in 1980. Uh, a movie really about the human spirit, the democratic spirit, uh, certainly about the Korean spirit, and about Koreans' relationships not only with Koreans, but with the rest of the world as well. Yeah, what I liked about this movie is that it it dealt with the relations between Koreans and foreigners in a, in a fairly refreshing way. Um, it didn't, like create the conflict. The main conflict in the story wasn't between Koreans and foreigners. It was between good people and bad people. It had a very humanistic take on things, and I, I found that refreshing. Um, my number four was The Square by Ruben Ostland, and this actually won the Palme d'Or at Cannes last year. What was interesting about this film is that it kept shape-shifting. It started out as kind of a satire in the art world and the absurdity of, of you know, high art, but it just kind of became a really challenging bit of kind of awkward cinema. It it really challenged everyone in the audience. It was very funny, but there were a lot of moments where what you thought started out as kind of a joke or something lighthearted just kind of kept going on, and it really challenged the audience. And, uh, you know, the square that this movie is talking about is kind of really just like any boundary that you want to set up in your in your life to protect yourself from something uncomfortable. And the film did a great job of kind of exploring the uncomfortable places outside of whatever kind of square or boundary you set up. For my number four, I'm going to go with Porcupine Lake, a Canadian film directed by Ingrid Veninger, whom I had the pleasure of interviewing on Inside Out Busan. And this is a movie, uh, it's a coming-of-age story about two girls, and it's a movie about a friendship that also kind of develops into a bit of a love story as well. And it's really interesting because this is a movie that's typically done with boys or with older girls, like when they're starting to do drugs and have sex and everything. But uh, this was a movie that was really just innocent, it was very sweet, and it was something that I felt was 
challenging as an audience member, not because it was tough to watch or anything, but because it was a movie that respected my intellect and my worldview and just said, hey, yeah, we you can watch a movie about two girls, which is something that doesn't come around every now and then. It wasn't putting a label on things. It wasn't putting a label on things, and it was representing a group that isn't often represented, especially not like this. And it was just a very fun and charming movie all the way throughout. Yeah, and speaking of kind of representing a segment of of society uh, that's not often seen on the big screen, I would go with Sean Baker's The Florida Project for my number three. Uh, it's really just about dysfunction, um, a dysfunctional family in Florida, uh, and really a kind of dysfunctional community. Uh, it's about a single mother, her child, and her kind of child's friends, and, and the relationships that happen in a kind of Orlando hotel, uh, or motel, I should say. Uh, it stars Willem Dafoe, um, and a lot of a lot of great unknown actors or actors I've just seen for the first time. Uh, the the child actors in this were amazing; like their performances are so naturalistic. And what I love about Sean Baker's uh, cinema, because he also did Tangerine, a uh, movie shot on an iPhone that uh, played at Biff a few years ago, and he has this great way of just following his characters, allowing them to kind of reveal themselves, but he doesn't force you to judge them in a certain way. He respects your intelligence. He respects your ability to kind of make up your own mind about these characters without being heavy-handed or moralistic. And yeah, just a really refreshing piece of cinema. My number three is going to go to The Work, which I know is something that you saw as well. The Work is the only movie that I watched at Biff that actually made me cry. And I'm not going to say much about this because I know that I think it's a a bit higher on your list, so I'll save some words. But uh, in short, the work is group therapy among inmates at Folsom Prison. So it's a bunch of really tough guys learning to cry together. And this was a movie that was very touching. For my number two, I'm going to go with Finnish filmmaker Aki Kurismaki's The Other Side of Hope. This was a movie I didn't really have a lot of expectations about. It's about a Syrian refugee just trying to make it in Finnish society. What I loved about this movie is how funny it was, how it, it never shied away from the brutality and the hardship of the refugees trying to make it in Finland, but it had, had such a light touch and it was able to find humor. It never allowed the characters to, you know, simply wallow in darkness. The characters came out as is kind of independent, strong-willed, uh, always people who, who are able to see, you know, other sides of things, uh, to find hope in hopeless situations. And it's just really funny. I don't think there was a movie I've seen at Biff where the audience laughed more. Um, stylistically, it resembled a lot of, it was kind of like Jim Jarmusch in a lot of ways, and uh, just a pleasure to watch from beginning to end. My number two movie is going to go to an Australian movie called Pulse. Um, And now this is directed by Stevie Cruz Martin, produced and starring, as well as written and edited by Daniel Monks. You and I both met and spoke with them on numerous occasions. They're lovely people. Pulse is about a guy who feels like he has to have uh, a full body transplant. It's not a sex change. It's just him going into an entirely different body that also happens to be a woman's body because he feels like that's the only way that he can be accepted by society. He is both gay and disabled. And it's just kind of about how his whole life unravels after he goes through this change. Uh, it's about his struggles with his family and with his friends. And it's a movie largely about how 
your physical appearance, your body is in large parts who you are. You know, because you know me as Mike, but if you were to see me as someone completely different, even if I have the same personality, you would most likely think very differently of me just because you don't recognize me at all. And so this was a movie, it was very touching. It won the Busan Bank Award at BIF this year, and I was in awe of this movie. Really fantastic. Well, speaking of being in awe of of a movie, my number one, as Mike mentioned before, was The Work incredible piece of cinema it also made me cry i think it's impossible not to watch this movie and and cry so this was a movie directed by geith and aldous and jaris mccleary and produced by his brother miles mccleary and uh, there's a lot of family connections going on here because uh the mccleary brothers their father worked in this prison they had a lot of connections to it and you can tell that this is a movie really close to their heart because the group therapy situation that mike kind of explained before is so radically humanistic. You know, you start off being a kind of passive observer to this process of these criminals kind of just breaking down willfully and kind of exploring their demons, you know, what traumatized them, what what kind of shaped them and made them who they are, and being emotionally vulnerable uh, while going through that. And in a way, you're kind of sucked into this process yourself, and you start asking yourself the same questions they're asking themselves. You start challenging yourself. And in the end, you're, you're a participant. You're not just a passive observer. Uh, the level of respect that all the characters show each other, the level of respect the filmmakers show the audience in terms of just letting them sit in in this process and not, you know, moralizing to them, not preaching to them, but just, you know, observing. Uh, an incredible piece of cinema. Um, I can't really recall a documentary that was this impactful. And for me, it was just, uh, you know, far and away the best film I've seen at Biff. Highly recommended. Yeah, it was really an amazing watch. And if you have the opportunity to watch the work, it's really one that you can't miss. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, my number one is going to go to a movie that I think might not be the most well-made movie uh, or the best made, but it's the one that stuck with me the most. And it's a Korean murder drama called Taklamakan. The name comes from a desert in China, and it's a thematic element of... Taklamakan is a a place that you can't get out of. And so it tells a story of uh, a woman who's murdered as well as her murderer. So it's a nonlinear storytelling. The storylines meet in various places. Both the murderer and the murder victim have uh, very developed characters. And this is another one kind of similar to Porcupine Lake where I feel like I got a a glimpse into a a group of people that I'm not normally seeing on screen. In this case, the story of a Korean woman who works at a karaoke room as a hostess, right? So she's one of those call girls who will sit with you while you sing. And it's very interesting to kind of see the type of lives that they live and to just see a story from yet another demographic that is woefully underrepresented in, in film. Yeah, I guess that's kind of a theme for a lot of our choices, is just seeing like yeah. a social reality that's underrepresented and also, uh, you know, a filmmaking style that allows you to just kind of observe it without judging it too much. But another really interesting biff. That's kind of it for our recap. Uh, thanks for listening. Mike and I are working on episode two of our Now It's Dark podcast. You can check out our previous episode on Twin Peaks. And, uh, yeah, we'd just like to thank you for listening and uh, for all your support. Leave a comment below about your favorite movies from Biff. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share the Now It's Dark movie podcast. Good night, everyone.